and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. Today's episode, we'll be discussing Mrs Doubtfire, the musical. We saw this production at the Manchester Opera House on the 17th of September 2022. Based on the 1993 movie Mrs Doubtfire, the hilarious and heartfelt story has been created by a transatlantic team of award-winning artists. With a book by Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Farrell, original music and lyrics by Wayne and Carrie Kirkpatrick, direction by four-time Tony winner Jerry Zaks, scenic design by David Corins, choreography by Lauren Lataro, and music supervision by Ethan Pop. So Richard, what's it all about? Out-of-work actor Daniel will do anything for his kids. After losing custody in a messy divorce, he creates the alter ego of Scottish nanny Euphigenia Doubtfire in a desperate attempt to stay in their lives. As his new character takes on life of its own, Mrs Doubtfire teaches Daniel more than he bargained for about how to be a father. But first, our post-show opinion! Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it, really, really love it. She can spatchcock my chicken any day. So with all that said, let's... Set the scene. Okay, so to set the scene, we started with a wonderful curtain. Well, it wasn't a curtain. It was just uh, the Mrs. Just Doubtfire. Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire logo. Yeah. And then it started, it raised, and then we just had Daniel Hillard basically in a sound booth with a microphone doing the sound, doing the characters for, like for the animation and, yeah. and uh, adverts and stuff. And then... Richard, who went to the uh, the set of the actual house? Yes. Would you like to describe the rest of that? Yeah. So the uh, um, the would... the set of the house came forward from the back, so it was on a, a track. So it actually it came towards you on stage. So it was actually quite. It was really good in the way that they'd done that. It was done in such a way that they could expand the space and and drop it back if needed for some of the performances. And they also dropped in from above some of the architraves and some of the the sort of splits on the in the house that helped give you that that sense that you were in the house it was very much an open plan interpretation of what you'd see in mrs doubtfire the film an so, american house. in an american house so it was uh Is it, it was based really in seattle wasn't it sorry based in seattle wasn't yeah it? yeah it was it was your typical layout of a, an american house and open it plan. felt very similar to what you'd expect for mrs doubtfire but slightly updated that that's basically the set and it then cut away to another set didn't it when they got divorced and he got yeah. a flat yeah yes yeah. so that that came in from um from the side of stage which was on and it a, added a, together didn't a it? different track and that was just two two pieces of staging that were on wheels that basically locked together and created the flat that was very much in front of this house and they just they just masked it with a black tab behind and it was enough to create another house really another space. you know yes and everything was self-contained within that so i think it was really cleverly done really yeah i thought the the attention to detail oh, on yeah. both sets yeah and the fact that um one like you said came forward yeah but it was pre-built and yeah. then the the next set was uh, split apart and yeah. then joined in from the sides yeah. in front of it. I, I thought that was just extremely clever. Yeah, it was. Well really thought well. out. Yeah. Extremely good usage of the stage. Uh, I mean, if you were to uh, tour this, which they 
hopefully will do next year or when they can get space it's a clever way of um, having two big stages well it's hard to do a quick it's almost hard to do a quick set change but it feels right and it feels in in place and it feels still feels structurally strong as a as a flat yeah it didn't feel like it was any less of a set when they made that flat up you know because i mean you could go to town on the set and have it just a static set and just be the only one there but the fact uh, this very much reminded me of the clothes they stood up in, in the yeah. fact, like, in the, in the sense that it was a set piece of a room yeah. that was smaller than the actual stage, yeah. but it had several different layers to it. Yeah, which so is... this had a different layer, basically being the other set that came yeah. in from the sides. Yeah, and this is very similar to, to how Mary Poppins' musical works. Okay. Because in Mary Poppins, the, the original set, not the new set, but the original set was two-storey house with the children's bedrooms on the roof on mm. a on a separate pulley system that when the actual house came forward, everything was built in front of you. So you had the two-storey house with then a three-storey house, including the, the sort of roofed bedrooms. And when it was time to see the scenes in the bedrooms, the house disappeared into the back of the stage and the bedrooms came down to floor level. Yeah. And it just opened and the roof opened up. So it it was very similar to that that style that, that mm. I find really good because it feels imposing, but it also it means it's right because it feels like you're in those those buildings and you you feel like you've gone into that almost like you've looked through a camera and it's come closer towards you it's got it's got those that feeling to it it's a mm. bit like a lens effect almost and also with the staging of this one not only did it have the two um houses but mm. it also had the um the hairdressers yes. was the hairdressers yeah yeah the hairdressers sort of stylists yeah. so it was you know so it's like a, a whole tab came down from the the back that covered the house and yeah brought it out a little bit more but all those um, boxes of wigs and stuff right at the very back, yeah. they, they're all like lit up yeah. with different colours and yeah, then yeah. they started going like different um, yeah. patterns and colours and, and shades and stuff for the particular musical number, which made it stand out a little bit yeah. more for that set And I well. think it's, it's almost one thing to say is any piece of set that was on stage was used and lit up accordingly or it had a purpose. It didn't, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't feel throw away. Every set, and scene change was worth it. Yeah. You know, they didn't they didn't do it for no reason or, you know. Mm. And when you saw the flat get done up in the second half, yeah. Because he'd bettered his life, Daniel had it was it was the same set but they'd they'd made it look pristine and they you know, they've gone from it being rough, rough and round the yeah. edges and everything to a, a really nice high-end flat. It was the same design. It was just, you know, it makes me wonder if they had two two versions so they didn't have to change changing them. Well, I was wondering whether whilst each half was on each yeah. side of the set, whether they had a team of people just, uh, yeah. whilst they weren't being used, yeah. changing it quickly. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of it being too safe. But, I mean, like I thought with clothes they stood up exactly. in, it could have had a, a, a like a frontage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it could have, yeah, or yeah. something different. Yeah, but it was cleverly done where it still felt like the same room. It still felt mm. like the same flat. And, but, you know. to be fair, if you've got a team of people changing it so it's gone from a rugged uh, flat on either side to doing it up, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be cheaper to actually have a second yeah. set? Be easier any, to just instead have two. of just constantly changing because it then each when it night. comes to touring, you're just touring two sets, and you, it's easier to. Then it probably just did that the consistency. Of people doing it, yeah. you, you ha- you're basically saving time by yeah. you know because that would pay for itself in the long run yeah. if you've got two two sectional and, sets. Yeah, and I'm sure um, in the main house the kitchen counter moved back. 
He did. Well. The, the kitchen counter wasn't attached to the back to the back. But that, set. it was on another runner. And, yeah, it was on another so, runner, so they could expand it to. So when the they form pushed it away, it, yeah. right up to uh, upstage left, no yeah. upstage basically. Yeah, they just moved into. I suppose just to create more space for when they did put the um, the tab down for the other scenes, just clear it away. Yeah, and well, not just that. When they did those scenes in the kitchen where they were doing the and dancing around, they, it. they were dancing around it. And they it needed space, it. and yeah. they just moved it at that point just to bring it forward yeah. to give that space now let's talk about the directing what did you think of it what did you make i of thought it? it was wonderful and yeah from start to finish i know this is transferred from broadway to here but um and i know it actually got mixed reviews in broadway so whatever they've done when they brought it over here they've tightened it up they've made it an amazing performance and an amazing yeah. production now and manchester is the the sort of trial ground now for musicals or new things before they actually transfer to London. So because there's, there's quite a few that have come this way, Back to the Future came this through through Manchester and Juliet did, and there's there's a few more coming up that are going to be trialled here first before they move to London. And you can see why because it gives them the confidence to know that they can just hit it hard when it goes to London to the West End. You know, if yeah. they've if they've done a month in here and they've they've got it to the stage it's at it's so much easier to then deliver it down in London, you know, and it's it's, it's less risk. Yeah, because they'll have the, uh, the, the newspaper critics, wouldn't they? Yes, down, yeah, down yeah down people there. travel up to get the reviews and they get, yeah, but they can start the buzz happening mm. before it even makes a commitment to being staged, but it's mm. cheaper to stage it in Manchester than it is to stage it in London, so that's why as well why they do it. And I can see why, because this was a phenomenal performance and it was just great overall. Yeah, but the directing of the actual uh, yeah. musical numbers were just superb. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I think that to direct something, we've talked a lot recently about some translations from film to, to stage, and from a director's point of view, you've got to handle this one quite carefully because Mrs Doubtfire is quite iconic in its And there's a lot entirety. of iconic scenes, which yeah. it... Well, it included every iconic yeah. scene, to but be But to honest. direct them to... To mimic that, to give yeah. you that, that's the hardest thing. And mm. they nailed it. They, yeah. they worked so hard on it, you could tell. Yeah, definitely. You know, even the little Hoover scene yes. where she's hoovering and she's pulling yeah. the Hoover back with the cord and all that was in this. You yeah. know, all those things. Facing the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Dropping just... the dropping the mask down the, the window and, yeah. you know, all, and all those, that. you know, had all the table those table scenes in the restaurant. Yeah. Oh, that was another uh, scene, uh, yeah. staging thing that they must have had up yeah. somewhere, up the rafters or yeah, yeah, yeah. wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was so much hidden away in this seat this this set that you didn't yeah, really realize. It was one of them where because it started with just like a, a recording booth, yeah, and a man on st- stage. It it was another one of them where we're just going to give you a tiny little yeah. sample. Well, you're having and this, then, and that's it. Here's another set. Yeah. Here's another set. Yeah. Here's two more sets, and yeah. and they just constantly kept going. Yeah. The more the musical numbers grew. Yeah, exactly. The more the set sort of grew as well. Yeah. Well, and they knew when like to strip went, it bare yeah. or when to do certain things to make it even better. I think that. Was I think the... they put, it, it sort of uh, mirrored the role of the farcical elements of this. Of yeah. How more you know one step forward, three steps back. Exactly. How do I keep getting so I can see my children? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Because of going all through all these patterns and ridiculous sections and scenes where things just kept going wrong you know it's like adding to the melting pot in terms of ridiculousness yeah so definitely the sets got more lavish and big and, and the dance routines got bigger and yeah. better and, and stuff and until it got to the point when you know actually i just want you know it's me yeah i am mrs doubtfire yeah exactly you know then everything sort of like stripped away from them onwards because you were sort of getting to the re- yeah. resolution then but i think as well we've, we've you know this is a musical adaptation of a film that wasn't a musical and 
to get all those elements of the film in this and then have right, loads of musical numbers, numbers. That are catchy. That are catchy and work and all make sense within the production. I was just bowled over by how much they actually, how much work's gone in to mm. make this what it is because it still feels like the film, but you feel like you're getting more. You're going, you're expanding that world. Mm. So those things that weren't in the film but could have been because we didn't see some of the bits in the film that might have been recorded and, you know, I felt like we were getting the extra director's cut in a way, you know. Well, we were because there was another scene where he was playing like a DJ. Yeah, exactly. And that wasn't in the film. No. But they made to use a, a modern sort of... Because um, in the film it was dinosaurs. Take on it. He was playing with dinosaurs well, on it was, the Yeah, set. but they got that reference in anyway. But yeah. he sampled that on that particular TV show. Yeah. So he came in to take over and that's how he ended up getting the job because yeah. he was DJing in a way, but using that characteristics mm. of him being sort of ridiculous. Now, that wasn't in the film. No. Playing with dinosaurs got him the job. Yeah. And talking like that, but they used it in a different way. Yeah. That was musical. Yeah. So he sampled a couple of like lines and, yeah. oh, I'm so confused. But and, and all these that, kind of things. I'm sure most certain that was live sampling. Oh, it was. And, Everything and that, was live. That sampling isn't easy. No. Because you have to be he even a made talented a mistake musician. He, he made to play something. It didn't yeah. play. But he, the, he got it out of the bag. Yeah. It was crazy because... Because it was like he knew how to get out of that. And that's, yeah. that was the thing when you see a true talent of a performer. Because, wow, they worked on so much that he could just do that. Because, you know, such yeah. a versatile performer. Yeah. And the dance moves were just epic. Oh, The fact that you, you're dancing and then you're jumping over a kitchen counter. Yeah. In that get-up. Yeah. With a wig. With a prosthetic yeah. face. Exactly. You know, and, and being high energy. Yeah, exactly. Just with everybody else. Everything was in it. It was just the, the you know, but how they directed that to make it feel natural and ju- but then epic. I can't believe and I then, still to this day I can't believe we've watched it. No, I can't. And I know I took a punt so on it, it and I managed exist. to get I, and you know, because I managed to get last minute tickets for this yeah. and uh, it was a last minute like, shall we go? And I'm so glad Definitely, I took a punt absolutely. on it because it's probably one of the best ones that I've seen and just everything about the actual way it was put together because I suppose we could start talking about writing now but well I was going to go on to that once you've finished uh, Gabin have you finished Gabin yeah finished Gabin well let's go on to the writing then shall we go on to the writing we can't really go on to the writing as such because I think we sort of have to, like we did with the Dream Girls, move on to the book and the lyrics. Yeah, I agree. It's how you translate it to stage, isn't it? Because this was pretty much not necessarily scene for scene, but it was very closely following the film. So there, there was nothing horrible. But when I say horrible, I mean like there was nothing sticky outy that just didn't work well. But the, the, I think there was three songs that was written in this, which I thought just stood out as being brilliant. The first one was Make Me a Woman. Yeah. Now, that had a tremendous scene where it sort of got into a bit of a, a chorus of people she would try to emulate. It was brilliant. Which yeah. was just like, that was above and beyond. But the whole what cast I were involved it. in that. It was just Absolutely. Like, it was Ev- amazing. Everybody. Yeah, it sort of had a bit of a, a haunting sort of a melody to it. The build up to that, though because it was called Make Me A Woman, I felt could have had maybe tweaking the lines or something so it felt a bit more right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. It just felt a bit... mm. But then once it got to the chorus and the the gumph of it... Yeah, exactly. It was like, I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those stuff. And then, what the hell comes across as like an Avril Lavigne song. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. teenage it was angst. brilliant. Like, yeah, the, the kids performed that spectacularly. Yeah. And they were really 
brilliant uh, the, actors. I've, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. We're in the year of the child actor. They were phenomenal. Yeah. You know, because, yes, they've got to work with different different children, you know, for different nights and whatever. But those those two kids performed amazingly because obviously the the yeah. older the older daughter was actually she's in she's, 20, she's in her twenties yeah. but they picked the right height for her so she blended in quite nicely in that teenage yeah. angst and her performance was great she played that teenager very well but also know. that song could have just been a throwaway song which didn't didn't have captured yeah. that essence of of it so to to sort of pick up on like an a typical Avril Lavigne song. Yeah. Of what the into because like, in because a way, what the hell that is what it is in a way in the film all that is is a little grumpy moment from the kids uh, and they storm off to te- bed yeah. or whatever but that's just them being teenagers uh, but then the, but then they've turned it into a whole song number and it makes yeah. total sense but you know that's but, that's where the that, brilliance that, of this that one song just takes them from being background artists oh, yeah. in a way yeah. to being involved yeah massively involved in it yeah and they didn't need to be because it's mrs doubt yeah, but exactly. because of the kids it needed relevance and well, it, that yeah, worked well exactly and the third and final one which uh i i just loved was the the i don't know what it's called it's spatchcock chicken one. Oh, um easy peasy when they're cooking yeah it's got to be easy peasy uh, yeah, that came uh, pretty. It's nuts. that one because that's when the, she starts cooking. Yeah, that was that was the one where she was dancing over the counter with with the chicken and all the chefs coming out, and then they did a YouTube uh, thing, and then Nigella yeah. Lawson popped up. That was just it was one of them where okay, it was funny, but then they added the extreme of Nigella Lawson being there, being the the, yeah. the YouTube tutorial cook, and then in the middle of this crazy antics with all the chefs going in there preparing this uh, spatchcock chicken with the the butter, particular butter, then they went to like an ad break. Oh, yeah. In terms, in like real time, where this person just came through the door and started like what was it flogging something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was like so surreal. Typical ad break, you know. Yeah. But it's like, okay, skip, waiting for it to skip. Yeah. But to actually include that, it just extended the song, extended the scene, and made it that, that more, that it bit really more did. special. Yeah, yeah, totally. So memorable. Totally. And it's moments like that which make you just smile because it's relatable. Oh, yeah. And it, Even updating it. Yeah, yeah, because the, but it was done in such a subtle but brilliant way. It, it, and I think that's it came in from left, left field, basically. Yeah, it did. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I mean, one of my biggest things was you've been playing with fire. Yes. Because, oh my God. That, that, that added to the build-up of everything just going even more farcical and extreme. Because This was a bare stage part of the set than the staging. And <laughs> this was a moment on stage that was a complete empty stage. And it just went berserk. I felt like I was in some sort of twisted, surrealist play that like shouldn't have worked, but really did. It's like watching someone play a sweet uh, guitar melody at The X Factor and singing really nicely. And then all of a sudden, like 30 seconds in, and then it just gets extreme. You, it's like, what the hell no, are we watching? What, this is amazing. Where's this come from? I know. And that's and it, how it felt. Yeah, it Because was what happened... It was, well, there were so many moments where there was... It, we ended up with a stage full of Mrs. Doubtfires. And where did and, they all come and, from? And it was just like, like he, he was what? having this bad, mad dream. Yeah. And like, he just came, I just, just 
went went in some surreal direction that you just thought this is his madness and his brain thinking about all the things he's putting himself through and yeah. being how reminded of, of all these people and how am I going to get out of this because then you go into because basically she's taken over his life yeah, now because has. he has to be her yeah to to actually see his children and to do to 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 function normally in the family unit yeah. to actually be there and then and, it goes to this uh, like I think you're going to go to yeah. the, the flamingo singing song which uh, just, I wasn't expecting that either but flamenco singing Flam- flamingo what did I say flamingo flamingo well it might have been a flamingo but it was a flamenco well this was the, the into the scene where this is the scene that we see on the TV in the film where you are he's talking to he's the producer talking of the to the TV producer show of the TV as well show. as the family and then the family but then he's also he's having to get out of Mrs. Darkfire getting back into being in a suit and having a meeting and it's it's all that confusion yeah. before it and then he gets drunk where he ends up giving away his identity. Yeah. So you've gone from one scene that's crazy mad and his head spinning all over the place yeah. to this scene and it works so well for so many reasons. And then that was another set that came out of nowhere. Yeah. We didn't well, even the, know that. I, the, I thought exactly, this that was going to be in there. Well, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is the climax where we've had all those Mrs. Doubtfires yeah. and then we've got an extra scene coming yeah. in with the craziness. This is where everything's built yeah. up. Everything rests on the this scene yeah. where everything is just tied up in such a bunch that everything just suddenly this is where it all is goes all, wrong all, it all gets unravelled everything that's been chucked up in the air is all coming back down yeah, again exactly. now and it was done in such bloody amazing way it was just great and, she, and she, I can't remember who did who did it now but she was amazing her the singing and dancing was, oh, yeah. she was great really was oh there you go Lisa, was it Lisa Matheson that's her yeah Lisa Matheson was amazing honestly just just such a captivating and to go and i think as well one thing i'd say in this in this scene was that daniel got in and out of mrs doubtfire lightning in lightning speed yes you know they managed to create that and on stage this is not easy there's no stop start recording there's no end one scene move on to the next this is all being done in front of you and they even showed you him getting into mrs doubtfire drag in front of like behind a a a gauze that you could just see through so you could see him with the stylists with his like brother yeah they're the ones that made him a woman brother stylist just helping him get into a woman again and it was phenomenal because it was just like almost like the the minute he walked around the back he changed you know. There's another scene we've completely missed, which was amazing as well, which is adding up to this. Yeah. The gym scene. There I was know. a set of the whole gym. I, I was going to, yeah, I mean, to be honest, With that all the was a scene that... And all the, the ensemble came <sighs> in as like gym people. Well, what happened before that, prior to that scene, this was a, a scene that was added to the production, which isn't in the film. It's a scene where Mrs. Doubtfire becomes a model for his ex-wife that she yeah. doesn't know is... She's you know, doing these bo- body... Um, she's doing these body contouring... Leotards and Fitness stuff. leotards yeah. and things like that and she wanted somebody to model. So Mrs. Doubtfire does a whole whole modelling scene and things yeah. like that and it's hilarious. It really is hilarious. Yeah. And then ends in a gym with... with her boyfriend. Her, her ex, ex-wife's boyfriend. And it's brilliant because it comes out of nowhere it's another scene that comes out of nowhere and it's like it's another set yeah you know we've you know this is a, a production where they've thrown everything at it but they've pulled it off in such it, a good way everything it, it just goes from one scene to the next winding up oh, the yeah. comedy the, yeah. the, the the not even and nothing was not, thrown not really away suspense or tension it's just winding everything up yeah. in in such a way that it's just a brilliant musical really is yeah definitely now then do you know what we're here for we're here for the drama. Now, are you going to do any shout-outs? 
I'd firstly like to shout out to the whole cast because not one of them let them let the performance down. No. Everybody committed to this and they needed to. It was such a strong performance. Even High from, energy. Yeah, because for me, even from the element of Mr. Jolly, Ian Talbot, didn't have a long big big scenes in the production, but when he was on stage, he, he made, did everything that he needed yes. to do and it was he understood his part and I thought it just, you know, and some people you didn't even see them till further down the production. So, but I just I just personally I just think, I mean, I think Gabriel, Gabriel Vic was Gabriel just, Vic, just outstanding. I mean, to do all those voices, to do the DJ and to do have all that energy, to do everything like that in prosthetics yeah. as well with exactly. the wig and under those you know really hot lights and stuff definitely know all those dance routines oh. juggling jumping hoovering but it was all effortless and I yes, bet it wasn't well, it looked effortless well, he made it look effortless however it was very evident that that the latex parts of mrs doubtfire's features were making him sweat yeah a lot and he relentlessly carried on and it, it must have been so uncomfortable for him yeah. to do that, but he pulled it off with so total conviction. You know? Yeah. Because we all talk about Rob, the late Robin Williams, and he made this role what it is. Yeah. And Gabriel brought that back to life, and I feel like that was just as he definitely he, did you know, uh, was, justice. He did uh, justice to it. He didn't feel like it was trying to be somebody he's not. He didn't. He didn't copy Robin Williams, but he embodied the character of Mrs. Doubtfire and Daniel. He, he, he made the character live on. Oh, basically. totally, totally. I mean, Laura Tebbit. At points, I felt like she was a spitting image for the mum on the on the film because she had almost had the same stature and the same performance as yeah. as the as the mum, you know. Like you say, I, I just felt everyone was just on point, you know. All all the kids were brilliant. the The ensemble, everyone, you know. I have to give a, a shout out simply to you know Gabriel because yeah. he had the the lead role and the important role and carried the whole narrative basically yeah, yeah, exactly. through but there wasn't any weak link here no not at all whatsoever and every, all the cast all the cast and the ensemble they had more to do than you realise what they I mean you know some of the scenes where we're talking of these people dressing up as different characters some of those quick changes we're not just talking about Mrs Doubtfire some of the ensemble were backstage literally changing in seconds to come back out and do something yeah. else or another character you know it's like that scene where they're making making Mrs Doubtfire and they're bringing yeah. all these other characters out they were on stage seconds ago with oh, something yeah. else and it's yeah. like you literally you, you were in awe of how fast they were all well they all got to do something they all yeah. got to play Mrs Doubtfire at the end of the day exactly and you know it, but I don't think they they just didn't none of them stopped to be fair it was they must be physically exhausted but in such happiness at the end of this production yes now moving on to our next segment what the tech is this now technical aspects of the production I can't think of anything that stood out in t- uh, uh, for bad reasons no, no, I should say not. everything was just um uh, spot on really although i did notice a faux, faux pas everything was going perfectly until the very last minute where um the social worker walked out and she meant to close the door yeah well she did close the door but yeah. it wasn't With a necess- bit of an acorn antiques moment yeah and the door kind of like creaked all the way open like and, crossroads and then the mother w- they was expecting the father so the mother went this was the final scene when the father yeah, the returned. very last it was basically the very last minute yeah. so it's like um instead of acknowledging the fact that the door had opened and playing it like 
you wait there, the kids yeah. are coming or whatever, come and see your father and, act, you know, pretending to shut the door again. Yeah. She actually closed the door yeah. to then open it yeah. again, which made it... It was just hey, that was awkward. Moment, you, you yeah. just, just go along with it. Like, yeah, the yeah. door was left open by the, the social yeah, exactly. worker. Then just... Just no, rush up and close just, it. Just, just, or just, just see that, that he, he's, that he's there, there and then yeah, call out that, that uh, someone's here coming to see you. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. make something of it rather than just like... Pretend it never almost, happened because yeah. we all saw that yeah, it did know, happen. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, just for the whole production, especially when they're, they're chucking stuff about in the air and brooms and uh, oranges and bottles or, or whatever they were chucking. I can't remember. There was loads of things flying about. Yeah. And dancing and stuff. You know, I'll, I'll let them off for that, but how good of me. <laughs> but but was there anything noticeable that you saw that I probably wouldn't have done? No, I mean, technical? one thing I would say is this production, from a technical aspect, has been done with a lot of restraint, as in they used what they needed to use for the production because they could have thrown projections at this. They could have thrown a lot of other things at the production to change it or make it something different but they almost stuck to traditional musical setup if you think of other musicals of this size they they held back and made it more about the performance than they did about things they could have done and i think that was that was key to this you know they lit the things they made the it was more about the performance on stage than and making those scenes and those rooms look like those rooms or lighting the restaurant like the restaurant and lighting the kitchen like the kitchen and you know even when they had colored lights on and hid leds in the actual um, cornices of the rooms and stuff it, it still wasn't over the top it was it was subtle but it changed the whole feel of the performance just by subtly changing colors and this that and the other so so i think it's really important that that's the excellence of this oh and another thing the very ending it ends on a another set yes another set the television set yeah with the, the, when she's doing the actual uh, play thing. I, f- I forgot that again so that's another set that they've got yeah within their um toolbox up, up their uh sleeves yeah but then that links nicely to how the film finishes yes it does and the the way that that ties up nicely with Mrs. Doubtfire on telly helping families across the country. And, you know, and I think that was a very, you know, they, they managed to get that into this production as well. All yeah. those tender moments because it went from crazy, funny, soul singing or dancing to really calm, loving moments. And I think they yeah. just got the emotion right of this as well. And I do like the fact that this production stays true to the fact that that the mother mum and dad didn't get back together and the fact that yeah. the, the the new boyfriend did stick around yeah and was also not just there for the mother for a bit of fun do you know what i mean yeah, yeah definitely. even though like the kids will go and see it they'd see that like relationships can last yeah without the, the unnecessary yeah, um, squabbles and those kind of flings and stuff like that you know yeah definitely no i totally because when we saw like identical it was just one of them cliche things oh yeah they, they get back together in the end yeah, and yeah, yeah. happy families when sometimes it, it's just not Yeah, the moral of this story is things don't always work out no you know no but, but it's how a... you deal with that and how yeah. you move on and how you and you accept respect change. each other you know and i think that was the they'd still got that in there you know yeah. and it's you know because from all that craziness and this that and the other it's still has that core of of loving yeah. the family and a family, you know, yeah. however that family looks. At the end of the day, the person Daniel Hiller was that the character's name? I think Daniel Hillard wanted to entertain. <laughs> yeah, and the, his journey. There we go. Yeah, ended up being a kids entertainer. Yeah, which he was destined and he for still for a long got time, to, but he uh, just see his kids and yeah. be that kind of a person without having to be that the husband and the the worker that yeah. the mother or 
whatever wanted him to be. Totally. Because he was never going to fit that box that she thought he would be. No, exactly. Now, review, rewind time. Yeah. No, rewind, review. So which bit of this musical would you like to review again? I would say it's got to be You've Been Playing With Fire because, like, oh, my God. Yes. It came out of nowhere and I was like, I need to see that again. The thing is... And the whole production. Although I like that, I think out of context... You wouldn't have that build up no. if you just saw it there. No. So for me, I think it have to be the spatchcock chicken one. Yeah, definitely. Because even out of context, just trying to cook a meal and un- un- wondering what the heck a spatchcock chicken is. I know. How um, that just then developed, that was just hilarious. Well, but it, it, there's so many. I know, I, but he's made I, me a woman. I want to see that again. I want to see the whole show again. So Stephen, would yeah. you see this again? I've seen it once. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to see it again. Yeah. This is like... The Book of Mormon for me now. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's, it's at that level. Yeah. Some of the songs maybe could do with tweaking to be a bit more catchier and unique, I think, maybe. But then when Not you've seen, for me, with a musical like this, when you go and see it again, sometimes you, that goes out of your mind. You just think, oh, yeah, no, this is right. For, maybe. You know, yeah. it's difficult. I know that with new musicals, when you've seen them once, when you've seen them again, you know they start sitting in and you just, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Scores on the doors then, please, Richard, for Mrs. Doubtfire the Musical, with 10 being Julia Childs, Margaret Thatcher, and a little bit of Oscar Wilde, and 1 being as exciting as a spatchcock chicken YouTube tutorial. What are you going to give it? 10 out of 10. And I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Oh, you're just copying me, aren't you, really? In it, though. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed, an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. What will it be? I'd give it a standing ovation, and if I could, a fanfare. Ooh. Because for me, it deserves all the bells and whistles it can get, this one. I would give this a standing ovation, if not a Mexican wave. How's that? How's that for your fanfare? So there we are. That's our discussion of Mrs. Doubtfire the Musical. We hope you found it insightful, if not entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing The Book of Mormon, Jekyll and Hyde, and Accidental Death of an Anarchist. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.